The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Meaning Time Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks a contested catch is a good way to get bit. That's Lenny. I swear he doesn't bite. I'm Mina, and I am joined by someone who maybe bites, Dominique Foxworth. Welcome back. Lenny doesn't bite anymore? Like, uh, I mean, at one I'm, point. Listen, I've never seen him break skin. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize that was the line. Um... <laughs> I wonder if that's a line in like professional, like UFC, like you break skin or so. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. That's a weird tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, Dominique, the host of the Dominique Foster Show, which you guys should check out as well on a million ESPN programs, including this one. How you doing, bud? Great. I'm happy to be here. It's some programs make me tired. This one gives me wings. Thank you for having you gonna, me on. You're going to be, well, I was going to say you're like Derrick Henry and you get more energy as it goes on, but I don't really think yeah. that's the case yeah. anymore. That's an insult now. Derrick Henry looked really rough last night. Let's start with the other game because the other game is like the more surprising outcome. I think everybody expected the Bills to have their way with the Titans. There were some interesting things in that game, and I think definitely some uh, factors that will affect next week, which I'll talk about, I think, later this week, the Bills-Miami game, which now suddenly has a ton of juice. But um, the, the Eagles game, Dominique, like I feel like, it's not, I don't want to say it changed the landscape of the NFC necessarily, but for me, it kind of did. Not because I necessarily expect that exact performance from Jalen Hurts going forward, because I don't think that's going to happen, yeah. but I now know that he's capable of it. Right, yeah, I think it'd be foolish to expect it going forward, but it's a new high watermark for him against a very good defense, or at least what I thought was a very good defense. <laughs> I mean, I guess shutting down Aaron Rodgers is no longer what it used to be. So I guess that we're blaming Aaron Rodgers for that game. But, I, I mean, I guess generally it's a good team. And what I saw from Jalen Hurts in particular that I thought was important was his ability to pick apart zone defenses, which he really yes. struggled with in the past, and also his ability to play from inside the pocket. If you look at his numbers from last year, they take a steep dive against zone and um, from inside the pocket. That's what he did this whole game. He sat in the pocket, or most of the game. He sat in the pocket and picked apart the zone. That matters a lot, particularly for athletic quarterbacks or dual-threat guys, because no one can really run man, true man coverage against a, a dual-threat running back, or excuse me, dual-threat quarterback, because <gasps> I, didn't, I didn't mean that. I take it back. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, Lamar Pullian. All right. I'm sorry. Keep going. Um, keep going. Zone. Yeah. got play zone. Right, so that everyone can have their eyes back on the – quarterback when he runs out of the pocket uh and Jalen Hurts is forcing them to make a decision I guess the next move is to show how he can play against the blitz because the Vikings didn't yeah. do a whole lot of that I yeah no sorry I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you I was very surprised by the Vikings defensive plan in yeah. this I, don't, I, I mean I obviously they were going to play a ton of zone At, to your point no one's going to play a ton of man against Jalen Hurts who also to your point Obviously, he's a quarterback. He was great, but he would be. I mean, he runs like a running back. Like he, him, like in this game in particular, you saw it on display. I mean, you see it on display every week. But the combination of strength and elusiveness is very rare and very 
And it sets a floor for him where, again, going kind of treetops, he doesn't need to have an 80% completion percentage every week because the floor is so high because of his running. But um, I think what you said is really what what nails it, which is what we needed to see, which is can can he hit those in-breaking routes you know, against defenses that play middle of the field open like the Vikings do? He could not last year. Mm-hmm. He looked sensational doing it in this game. I mean, this is why they go out and get A.J. Brown, who's the king of the deep dig, right? right? But I was surprised by Minnesota. I mean, to some extent, not surprised because we know this is a big Fangio-style defense. Ed Donatello is a defensive coordinator. We expect them to play you know a lot of split safety I think you know a lot of cover two cover four whatever quarter quarters has but I didn't expect them to like just sit back and basically they 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 gave Philadelphia light boxes all game long and I don't understand why you would do that against the Eagles and um they the Eagles were delighted to see those light boxes Miles Sanders ran 88 percent of his carries were into boxes Light boxes meaning six or fewer defenders, and he averaged 5.3 yards a carry for a 60% success rate. At a certain point, like, it's just not working. And then to your point about the blitz, that's my thinking. Like, watching Tampa last year, you want to muddy the picture for him and send, you know, p- different pressures, and they didn't do that either. Even if you did not have that in your game plan, <laughs> when he's eight for eight, yeah. you better go find something else. Like, I don't know if you don't have it called, but you better make something up. Just send a corner. Send anybody. You got to try something different when it's not working. And I think that generally people assume that a light box means that you should be able to run on it. I think, like, depending on how you coach your safeties in cover four, you can still be an aggressive run-stuffing defense with safeties who read-run quickly. So I don't hate that they had middle field open, but I hate the way they had it open. <laughs> like, they were not playing aggressive. You watch the All-22, even when they're, they're like, behind and you would expect the Eagles to be running the clock out, they still were playing, like, cover six, uh, which, as you mentioned earlier, quarter, quarter, half, with the, the quarter player not even playing aggressive in the box. And, I, I mean, I, it didn't make sense to me for a team that – I, I really liked what they did scheme-wise offensively last week, and I was high on this team because of that. But this looked like an entirely – like, that team looked smart. This team looked dumb, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It looked dumb, and Kirk Cousins looked bad. It just was a, a gross game. And I guess you could say the Eagles made them look that way. Well, and I, I would actually say the other side of the ball is what surprised me more because I kind of thought the Eagles would be able to run on uh-huh. Minnesota, and I was—I had a feeling like this is the thing about Week Two—you don't really know what to take away from Week One. Right. It's like, yeah, they shut down the Packers' offense, but can anyone shut down the Packers' offense? How hard is it really? You know, what does this mean? Um, but I thought that Dalvin Cook, the combination of Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, that they would be able to give the Eagles' defense, who we just saw get run all over by. The Lions, who might be the most devastating rushing attack in the history of a lot of uh, all, all sorts of fits, and they absolutely obliterated them. And some of that is nighttime Kirk Cousins, which actually I want to talk to you about in a second and get your theories on. But a couple things jumped out to me. Um, so Eagles fans hate hate's a strong word. 
they're very critical of their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, mm. who got, you remember, got like head coaching job yeah. interviews last year. And everybody was very confused by. He plays like a very soft zone. Um, it is a very boring style of defense to watch. But in this game, Dominic, he mixed it up. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles, I, I tweeted this out, were phenomenal in man coverage. People took it as Kirk Cousins slander. I meant it Eagle, as Eagles praise. And it wasn't just Darius Slay who shut down Justin Jefferson. I thought numerous Eagles defenders were incredible in man. Um, I was curious. It, they played cover two man on 11% of dropbacks, which is not a ton, but they never played it last year. They blitzed. They sent... They brought the house a few times. Like it felt like Gannon went into this game with a, a willingness to do what we just said the Vikings defense would not do, which is actually adapt his defense to what they were facing. Yeah, when you have a primetime game, that is when you have to answer all your critics. <laughs> That's when you break everything out. That's when you do all the stuff that people say you can't do, and you make sure that everyone sees you put people on notice. The Bills got the assignment in two primetime games. It seems like the Eagles got the understood the assignment after their, I think, I was going to say embarrassing performance against the Lions, but the Lions, I mean, they might be good after their narrow win over the Lions. And they came out and, and I mean, Jalen Hurts certainly understood the assignment. <laughs> they came out and every question you had about Jalen Hurts, he answered it last night. It was incredible. It was more than anyone could have expected, and he seemed like he expected it. But, yeah, that defense has guys on it. When you have as many guys on the defense as they have, uh, there's no reason to sit back in zones. There's no reason to be soft. You have Bradbury and Slay. They both are comfortable in, in man coverage. They have pass rushers in – yeah, I mean, the, the team is loaded, and they're like veterans. It's not even like they're working in a bunch of young guys. There really is no good reason to not – be multiple on defense. They also had no problem with Dalvin Cook, which yeah. was I, that I think I actually thought maybe they'll game plan for Jefferson, but they'll get him with Cook, especially again after watching the aforementioned Lions beatdown. But um, you know they changed it up a little bit up front. You know they I, I noticed Jordan Davis was playing a little bit more on early downs. We'll see how much he gets used. I'm sure there are Eagles fans monitoring his snap count very closely. Um, to see, you know, the impact that he has on the running game. But, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I come out of this feeling, again, like not wanting to overreact. But like you said, you can consider competition. At this point, it's very hard to, I think, weigh what competition means. But you can also just watch the players in front of you. And you see Jalen Hurts making plays. You see Darius Slay looking like an elite shutdown corner. And it's hard not to walk away um, feeling like incredibly confident in this team. I do think... And this is, I do want to ask you about this. Primetime Kirk Cousins is a thing. I don't, like, what is your theory about it? I don't know. I, I've always been someone who, like, would reject this because it doesn't marry with anything that feels factual. But what are right. we at now? Two and two and ten on Monday night? Also, just watch. Yeah. Forget the record. For, right. Just watch. Yeah. It's So, like, okay. It's a thing. But... What is a theory that I could say to somebody and not feel like a fool? Is is past his bedtime? No. Um, he gets nervous at nighttime or in, in primetime games. Or in front of a yeah. big audience. That, that's totally plausible. He's been in the league forever. Like, I don't know. That to me seems he's a vampire. Oh, I guess he would play better at night if he was a vampire. Yeah. What are, what are the mythical creatures that can't be out at night? 
fairies? Are there any mythical creatures that can't be out at night? I mean, maybe maybe on a weekday. <laughs> maybe it's werewolves. He's like a full moon. Except Team Wolf was really good at basketball, though. It feels psychological. I don't want to be like an armchair psychologist. I'm with you. I don't have any explanation either, but that sounds... There's no other explanation. It for sounds it. dumb, and you know it, Mina. We have a big enough sample size at this He's point. And you know what, night. Dominique? To your, no, it's the I, the state. I don't know. To your point about um, like he's been away for a while, you know? I've been on TV for a while now, and I still get nervous when I know that there's more people watching when it's a bigger no, you don't. spotlight. That's not true. I You just don't see it because I'm not like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I just get nervous. <laughs> you are TV clutch. I like that. I'm, I'm not trying to blow her up, blow up her spot, and maybe this is a good point to transition to the Bills. My mom just texted me, Diggs is cute. <laughs> he, he is. He is. He is. Uh, he was on first take today. Uh, um, no, actually, I, I want to say the Vikings. I don't want to leave the Vikings a second. Um, you know, so I think it sounds like we're both very high on the Eagles and what we saw from them. Does this like kill for you? The Vikings could be Rams North. Yeah. This is an actual contender for the NFC North kind of thing. No, it doesn't kill it. It it was so alive last week, um, but it doesn't kill it. It's second week, new coaching staff. Um, Rams North, I guess the Kirk Cousins might hurt that, uh, but they made yeah. the Super Bowl with golf, so you got that for you. He's better than Jared Goff. Well, maybe he used to be at least. J- Jared Goff had one of the best primetime right. performances I've ever against oh, the Minnesota Vikings. That. Kirk Cousins went off in that game too. They both had a bunch of oh, touchdowns, didn't they? That was like oh, a, a my narratives. Yeah. My narratives. <laughs> Don't get your narratives crisscrossed. Um, That's like that was an incredible game. It was in LA. So fun. They were both throwing deep dimes, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I give me another week or two to feel yeah. to figure out how I feel about this team. Maybe they'll learn from this and and uh, get better. If we are, if we're mm-hmm. like rating on the Hackett scale, this was an outstanding game for a second head coach job. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> There were no like clock like snafus. Yeah, there was nothing big and embarrassing. They just had a bad game plan. Where does the word snafu come from? I don't know. It sounds like um snafu. It's North American. It's an acronym? Oh. Acronym? Oh wow. I didn't know. Si- that. Whoa, I had no idea. It's situation oh, normal. All effed up. All effed up. Wow. It's military slang. Yeah. I did not know that. News to us. Didn't know he was sneaking in cusses. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, going to use that more. <laughs> um, okay. There were no snafus to be seen in Orchard Park where I was. By the way, it was bananas there. No, that, that, was, I... that was one big snafu. That was a normal situation, which is also all effed up. Like the all of Orchard Park, everything I see, people getting ketchup and mayonnaise poured on their face and body slammed through that tables. Was, oh God, we were right there, Marcus and I. They sent us out to watch that dude, Pinto Ron, is his name. First of all, his name's not even Ron; it's Ken. <laughs> and I, I, and and the origin story of it is just that, like one of his his brothers squirted mustard on him once, and they decided to make it thing. It wasn't. There's not like a really cool. 
origin story. Oh, I will gosh. say, so we were standing in the crowd. I know we'll get to. The, I promise we'll get to the game soon, people. We were standing in the crowd, and I didn't. I did zero research into it before because I was busy doing talking about football for our show. So they said, just go out there, just go out there. He's going to come out at some point. I did no research. So we're standing there, and this like old, confused-looking man kind of walks up to me and and like tries to hand me a hamburger, and I'm like happening here and like i was like looking at security like what do you, uh, can we like and then he goes past me and that was pinto ron <sighs> and um i was so worried they were they kept being like back up you're gonna get hit you're gonna get hit and i didn't but we came perilously close to being hit by the mustard yeah, I, I don't know i have so many questions but i don't think you have any answers so we can talk about the football game I had so many jokes, too, that I couldn't say on television about it. Um, yeah, I could see a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Speaking of throwing mustard, Josh Allen. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of mustard Don't think we learned anything new. I mean, like, he puts mustard on the ball because you throw it. That, that was, yeah. That's why, yeah. Oh. Um, I just okay. did the same thing you did, just heavy-handed and sloppy. Just spelled it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, not all your listeners are that smart. Some of them need it spelled out. You're welcome, slow listeners. Speaking of heavy handed and sloppy, <laughs> the Titans. Um, no, okay. So, first of all, I don't think we learned anything about the Bills, although I will say um, it is remarkable how easy they made that look despite losing players right and left yeah. as the game was going on. Like, I think. It's you know you can walk away from that and being like of course they stopped the Titans who also by the way had a lot of players out uh-huh. it should be noted um, but you know not only were they down Gabe Davis they were losing defensive players as the game went on obviously that really scary injury Oliver to Gabe didn't Jackson play. Oliver didn't play Tim Settle didn't play so there was thinking there, there was a thing oh maybe the Titans would be able to run the ball on them they lost Matt Polano at one point Mike Hyde went out at one point um, so we'll talk about what that means for the future but in this particular game you know this. I don't think the Titans are very good, but the Bills have had like a lot of role players become key contributors, whether it's, you know, the rookie Christian Benford, who's playing corner, or a guy like Jordan Phillips, who is like a star now in that defense. Um, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the pressure, we haven't learned a lot about them because no one's put any pressure on them. You're right. We should still commend them because they're beating down teams that they uh, should beat down. And they're dealing with adversity. I think you can put, I guess you, some people would argue that they shouldn't have beaten down the Rams. I don't think the Rams are that good. That's just me. Um, You could argue about the, or you could say, I guess if you were looking to discredit them by pointing to the injuries, you can point to the Ravens who had a ton of injuries and were not able to put a team away that they seemed like they were better than. That's not easy to do. So they still dominated that game. And, the reason why I bring up the Ravens is because they also feel like a team that's kind of built in a complimentary way and that the Bills are going to score a lot of points and they're going to score them early. And their defense is constructed to let Vaughn Miller eat and also stay in too high coverage, which if they get a big enough lead, they don't have to worry about getting pulled out of it. That's the fear for the Bills in my view. I think I talked about this on – the first episode that we did together was the real thing that the bills do not want to see is a team that can run the ball on them 
and force them to take a safety and add him to the box. Yeah. Because then guys like Benford will be exposed on the edge. They really haven't had to do that yet. Those guys are comfortable in two-man and other variations of cover two, and, and they have not been challenged yet. So if someone can stop Josh Allen from scoring on an opening drive, which I don't know if they can, uh, or at least score with them, and then effectively run the ball against their front seven, we'll find out. And then maybe they'll hold off until um, they get to Trey when he gets healthy again. They they um, they might, actually. Yeah. You're right. because it, it, I think he might be back for the Ravens game, but are the Ravens even a good running team yeah. anymore? I don't know. I kind of don't think so. Yeah. And certainly the Titans are not. I think that was your think. The thinking going into this might was like, okay, well, now it's Derrick Henry's coming to town. You know, and you don't have your defensive tackles, but I just don't think the Titans are a good running team anymore. Um, I'm really not sure what they're good at. The Bills, you know, pretty relentlessly attacked all of their young cornerbacks. Like, as banged up as the Bills are at corner, the Titans are equally inexperienced. Um, And, you know, like, you got Jake Kumro beating you over the top for, you know, a a deep ball. It's it's not going well for Tennessee. Um, I, I, I have a quick question about the Titans, and I want to get back to the Bills. Malik Willis came into this game... I know it's week two, but at some point, I, one thing I like about the Titans and what they've done is, I th- they, like, I think we talked about this on this podcast, they know they're not great, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if they thought they were great, they would have paid A.J. Brown. I believe that. And they would have, you know, uh, restructured Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill's contracts. It's over after this year. Yeah. You know, Tannehill's gone. At a certain point this season, I think maybe earlier than we thought, do you consider just going to Willis and seeing what you got, or do you ride this out with Tannehill? Um, yeah, I think at a certain point they're going to go to Willis to see what you got. But I think if we've learned anything uh, in these past couple of weeks, particularly last night with uh, with Jalen Hurts, is you don't really know what you got if you put a guy out there in a bad situation. Like, Jalen Hurts is balling in a good situation. Uh, I guess you might find out something about Malik Willis, but I don't know how fair it is to put him out there and say, let's see what we got. When Taylor Lewan went went down yesterday, there's not a true number one, and yeah. Derrick Henry is, if nothing else, on the downslope. It seems like you're not going to get a true look at what Malik Willis can be. But he's a third-round pick, so I don't think they have a bunch invested in him anyway. You're probably right. Um, man, AFC South. It's a bad sit. Woof. We'll get to the woofs later, but woof. Um, okay, uh, the one thing I want to finish with is, so I did mention all those injuries. So, you know, I, I assume Dane Jackson is not going to play this coming week. Davis White is not back yet. We'll see. I, I, I think Hyde, Milano, and Phillips' injuries were all pretty minor, but... Uh, it is a short week, and you are now facing the track team that is the Miami Dolphins. Good timing with you giving them a winner's pick last week, by the way. Yeah. Um, are you – I'm going to preview this game in depth later in the week, so you don't need to get too far into it. But are you concerned that they're heading into that particular matchup? Just d- the defense versus the offense, not on the other side of the ball, given that they're you know a few men down. Yeah, the Bills defense. Yeah, I yeah. I am concerned. I guess this is when we'll find out how good McDaniel 
McDaniel's run coordination actually is. Because if he is able to coordinate some runs in this game that do what I've been talking about, the, someone needs to do to the Bills all along, is actually be an effective running attack. No one in the league has two corners. I guess maybe the Eagles are the closest team that has two corners that can cover them, and I don't think that they can either, honestly, can cover Waddle and Tyreek Hill. If they get in a situation where they're asking Benford to cover Tyreek Hill, then we got a problem in that Miami Heat. So that's what it's going to come down to is how they're going to address, how they're going to defend those guys. And if Miami wants to get Gasecki involved in the middle of the field, if they double both of them. But I suspect yeah. they'll do a lot of two-man, which, I mean, that's not – that's not going to completely cure what ails them because Tyreek Hill can mm-hmm. still run across the field faster than your underneath coverage can. It is notable. I, I, I know I said I'm not going to talk about this too much. The Dolphins haven't faced like a legit pass rush yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dolph- the Ravens, we talked a lot about uh, the secondary and all their mistakes. Holy smokes, that pass rush was non-existent. Yeah. yeah. The Bills pass rush. Is existing, so that should be very interesting. All right, let's let's take a quick break and come back, and then we'll pick our winners and whoops. Okay. All right, people, we are brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself: "You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards." Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 years or older to gamble? Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better 
because it has to be. Let's start with the winners, though. Who's your winner? Winner first is Joe Flacco. That's my number one winner. What do you have? Four touchdowns? Four touchdown passes. 307 yards. And uh, two of those touchdowns came in the last 90 seconds for an improbable win. It reminded me of that big playoff win that he had in Denver when he hit that that uh, deep shot. I guess they don't call it the mile high miracle in anywhere other than in like Joe Flacco's house, but that, <laughs> that was an incredible play. And it reminded me of that. He hit that deep pass that should have been hit. And that was a big game, big win for the jets. Uh, I guess Garrett Wilson should qualify as a winner too. Yeah, I, I would say that's the big winner. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll allow I just, Joe Flacco. I just felt like Joe Flacco is, uh, He's not going to have too many more weeks of winners. And Garrett Wilson feels like he's going to have a lot more weeks. He had 102, eight receptions. Uh, He's a true number one, it appears. And, yeah, so, yeah, Joe Flacco and Garrett Wilson. We'll we'll put them together. They can double win. I was watching this one with Steve Levy, who's a big Jets fan. And in Buffalo, he was there to do Monday Night Football. And it, like, still amazes me that Jets fans care so much. This is, I, I loved it. It got me into the game because he was so into the game. But it's like, you're the Jets. It's Joe Flacco. You're playing the Browns. And he was like living and dying by each throw. And when Joe hit those big time, you know, he, and Joe can still, yeah. to your, like, he, he has a, he can hit explosive deep balls really well. <laughs> he went, he, he went nuts. It's intermittent. Yeah. It's not predictable. There's no consistency to it. Uh, yeah, but, uh, he went nuts. Um, uh, Gary Wilson to me was, a, was a revelation though in this yeah. game. I mean, he, that one, the release he had on his touchdown was so nasty. Um, I think he's going to be good for a long time. I will say, uh, I, I don't think this is going to make, a bad comparison or like uh, let me rephrase this i don't think it's going to make it any awkward for zach wilson because i it's like he's not joe flacco won't play good enough for that to be an issue i think but you know it it, it, it's useful for the jets to see someone succeed in the offense i think separately from zach yeah um yeah i don't think joe flacco is going to be a problem for the development of zach uh I guess there could be plenty of other problems for Zach's development, but I think it's nice to see that Garrett, we know what Garrett Wilson is. Let's stick on the positive because I'm not sure that uh, the Zach Wilson conversation, we have much positive to hang on right now. These are the winners. And uh, Garrett Wilson was the one right after the draft who, whose dad made that really like sweet video, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was rooting for Garrett Wilson. He seems like a, a good kid. He played really well, or he didn't put up big numbers against the Ravens, but he played really well in that first game against the Ravens, so much so that I was like, oh, let's see what this guy can do. And, yeah, he's living up to it. And there are too many good receivers in the NFL. There really are. I was thinking uh, the class so far, so you've got Drake London, who I think looks good early on in Atlanta. 
Um, even uh, Traylon Burks, who had the disastrous summer, has actually shown me some things through the first two weeks. I don't think, you know, he's not A.J. Brown, obviously, right. but they've gotten him involved um, pretty much always on the exact same route, which is like an intermediate crosser, mm-hmm. like a blood concept. But um, it's always off of play action. And then um, who else is there? Who are the guys drafted? Oh, Jahan oh, Dotson yeah, yeah. has been freaking awesome in Washington. Yeah. The class is already... The Saints guy. What's the Saints guy? Ohio State guy? Olave. Olave. Yeah. yeah. They all look good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same from a couple years ago. And, like, they're just... I, I guess... I don't want to say it's, like, the rule changes because it's not just that it gets easier and easier to pass. These guys are just explosive and special. And it feels unfair, but we're moving in a direction where it feels like you have to have a couple of really good receivers more than just a, like a number one. That's not enough anymore. So yeah, it's looking right. like every, so it's there's, there's going to be enough guys in the league for that to be the case. And I guess the running it, backs are not getting paid already. So that's where that money will come from. I mean, it is interesting though. Cause we, you know, with all the wide receiver movement all summer, the question was, can you really trust, like is Justin Jefferson an aberration, Jamar Chase an aberration? Is it stupid for teams to move on? from like an A.J. Brown type and draft a receiver. And I don't think it's always a good decision. I think if, t- if, if Tennessee was competitive, they should have kept A.J. Brown. Right. But we are seeing the hit, the, the very high hit rate appears right. to be continuing, and that is not going away anytime soon, which I think is, a, you know, is going to change the way teams build their rosters right. for a long time. Um, okay, my winner is San Francisco. Not obviously at quarterback. I'm very sad about that. I'm really sad for Trey. Yeah, that sucks. Because this is really, like, puts him behind the eight ball. I mean, to to have, like, so little ex- ex- experience and then lose another year of development is just brutal. Um, no, while watching them play demolish Seattle, it felt like I was watching the Niners from last fall, mm-hmm. not because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but because of the defense. And it was week one, they had all those penalties against Chicago, so it kind of, they were just very self-defeating. They cleaned that up. And it was just a reminder of what we kind of knew headed into the season, which is this should be one of the three or four best defenses in the NFL. Right. Um, the four-man rush is, well, so through first two weeks, has the highest pressure rate of any team in the NFL. 44%. They're getting a 44% pressure rate sending four right now. That's outstanding. I feel like Nick Bosa is getting a little bit lost in the top pass rushers in the NFL. Today on First Take, Stephen A. called Micah Parsons the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, that's not a new thing. Lots of people have been saying that. I mean, I I love, I think Micah Parsons is incredible. But but Nick Bosa is, he he has the ability to take over games. And then what you're seeing on that defensive line is everyone around him at any time a new defensive lineman or just a defensive lineman is in that defense, they're incredible. Omena, who absolutely destroyed the Seahawks, rushing opposite him. Um, and then in the secondary, um, you know, so I, I think the corners, Mosley and Ward, look good through the first two games. But my biggest question coming into the season was safety because they didn't have safeties. And that dude, Talanoa Hufanga, looks like the truth. Yeah. Um, he was all over the field versus Seattle. Uh, that was they were they were going to have to be good on defense no matter who was at quarterback this season to like survive and stay competitive yeah. at least to buy Trey Lance some time to get right. Now Jimmy G does not need time to get right. Jimmy G is who he is, which means the defense is going to have to be good. 
And so it's nice for them to show this. They are, they're, uh, like, ceiling comes down and their floor comes up. They could uh, find their way the same place they've been the last several years in competitive yep. spots, especially because that front is a problem for anybody. And the NFC is, there's nobody running away with it. So they they, they needed that last week or they needed that on Sunday and they found it. Do you feel like not to be too big picture or predictive, but do you feel like with this change going from back to Garoppolo, like with Trey, they were both, this is how I feel with Trey Lance. They were less likely to make it to the Super Bowl and more likely to win once they got there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right? a ridiculous thing to say, but it makes sense to me because I agree. Yeah, it, it does feel like... Especially look at these AFC teams. Right, yeah. Like, through the NFC. When you look at the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bills. Right. They, their defense as good as it... Or their defensive front as good as it is. The way the game is refereed these days, you're not going to defense your way past any of those quarterbacks on the other side. So you're going to need somebody who has the capability to go completely off, which Jimmy Garoppolo does not have. Um, and we don't know if Trey Lance has it. And so I think that's what this season was going to be about. How good can Trey Lance get in a short period of time? Because their, their championship window is starting to close, as we see by how their offensive line has started to deteriorate. So uh, I'm sure that they feel confident in what they have with Jimmy Garoppolo, but we'll see if they find themselves in the playoffs. I mean, they – I'm going to have to beat this dead horse, but, like, last year Jimmy was bad in the playoffs, and, and they managed to win in spite of Jimmy. That's not going to work another year in a row. So we'll see what I happens. think also the offensive line issues are going to show up against teams that are better than yes. Seattle yeah. rushing the passer. Um, so it's not a good, a good measuring stick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, give me your wolf. My wolf is your beloved Matt Ryan. Oh. <laughs> I love Matt Ryan, too, because he was a rookie when I got traded down there. He played really well, and that helped me play really well. So I hate to see what's happening with him right now. But the, the Colts thought they got rid of those Carson Wentz passes. They did not. They did. They are still there. The like inexplicable 
like throw directly to a linebacker or like a lollipop to the sideline turnover. That's what this game was. It was so wincy and well, without the highs, like at least in most wince games, you'll have like a, an incredible wince throw followed by some weird ones. They just got the weird ones. Yeah. They're cursed. Or yeah. Something. He, well, they're, they're not cursed. They're just worse than we all thought in every way. Honestly, but the only reason why I say that they're cursed is because, and I mean, I'm joking. They're not cursed. I don't believe in curses, but Matt Ryan's not this bad. I mean, the Chargers are kind of cursed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan's not this bad. Um, he's really bad right now. And he just fell off a cliff, I guess. Or maybe it's just early to figure out they're not no. running the ball Right. I mean, everything like, around everything around him is bad, which is not to say that he's playing well. I am not. I have seen it. I, as a Matt Ryan stan, it hurts my heart to say, yeah. um, and I'm not like making excuses for him. But the situation sucks. Yeah. And I think the thinking with Indianapolis was always like, oh, all they need is a quarterback, and he can walk in, and it can be like an aging guy, like a you know aging Philip Rivers or aging Matt Ryan, and the line is so good. But the line is not good. The skill players are not good. Nothing's good right now. Uh, there's no pass rush. It would uh, It's like the positions that they're good at are not ones that are like super valuable in the NFL right now. And they don't even have Shaq Leonard, yep. obviously. Which has been huge, I think, for them. So he's the God. he's the difference maker on their defense. He's like the guy yeah. that is special enough to allow everything else to work and. And they lost Eberflus, who was their defensive coordinator, which uh, we often talk about how offenses can recover after losing coordinator, not really talk about how defenses are going to adjust. Um, so that's another like reason why they could be struggling to bring things together. So I don't know. I That whole division, man, I, I like Jacksonville to, to win it now, which sounds crazy, but everybody else not looks crazy. bad. It's not crazy. I wish I there are all those like worst to first yeah. shows. You know, in the off season, we were just trying to find stuff to talk about, and it's like an off season this just in yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And like the producers, like who's likely to go worst to first? I wish I had picked Jackson. Or you know what? No, I wish I'd picked them not for the worst to first because that's that was the Ravens. Who's this year's Bengals? Yeah, I, I did pick them for this year's Bengals, so I got oh. that on my under my belt. Um, but. Uh, Worst of first, Ravens is a cop-out. You're not allowed to do that. That's, like, not fair. They were, like, number one in football uh, at a certain point last year. They were worse because of fluke stuff. It's not a true worst of first. It is a totally worst of, You don't get to make the rules of worst of first. I mean, the point of worst of first is they go from being bad to being good, not from go from being injured to being healthy. Like, no one's surprised by it. The point of worst of first is, like, hey, well, I'm going to shock you with this hot take. Apparently, the fact the the take that a lot of people just while we're revisiting off season topics, the take that the Bengals were going to miss the playoffs was not that hot because, your boys, they're not your boys. I don't yeah. know why I said that. Yeah, they're not the boys. Them boys are in trouble. Yeah, they are. In Them trouble. boys are in trouble. Um, I I also made that pick by the way, just so you know, to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because I went through what, there. Like, like that, like that's so much more original than the Ravens versus first. Everybody was saying that. Nobody like, was saying that. Numerous people came on this. 
Numerous people came on this uh, podcast and said that. It's fine. Oh, yeah, fine. I know, because I listen every time and read the transcripts. Listen. I'm a bad memory. Concussions. You don't, now nice. I know you don't listen to my podcast. All right, all right. I all do right. listen to your podcast. It's the Bengals offense, first of all, because the yeah. Bengals defense actually looks totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, good, even. Um, the problem, the Bengals offense, what, what is so befuddling about there's a number of things, is it's really not just one thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of hand-wringing correctly about the offensive line. And I will say, this is another thing where we got to remember it's week three, and in weeks one and two, they played two of the best pass rushing groups in the NFL in Pittsburgh with T.J. Watt and Dallas with Micah Parsons. Right. So extremely, the, the small sample size thus far has, like, affected them in a very negative way. Right. But beyond that, Dominique, like, one thing I liked about the Bengals – coming into this year, part of the reason I thought they would be fine. So, okay. One of the many cases for their regression, other than like injury luck and opponents and all that was the notion. And um, I think Barnwell talked about this when we previewed the AFC North, that all of those deep throws that were available to Joe Burrow would not be available this season because teams would scheme them away and there would be no easy stuff. Right. And even Joe Burrow himself talked about like, oh, we're probably going to face a lot more cover too. Right. And I heard that, but I thought they would be fine because I thought they'd have the underneath options to run quick game, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, and that they would have an efficient running game. Turns out they can't do even those things right now. So they're, they're not able to get defenses out of those two looks. Dallas played the most Tampa 2 of any team in the NFL this last weekend. Again, shout out to Dan Quinn, the god, for continuously evolving. Yeah. And they had nothing for it. Nothing. And I don't know, like, what do you attribute that most to watching them? So, uh, I have no answer for you. Um, it's, I guess, offensive line. Uh, so, cover two is a, a coverage that you would call or a defense that you would call if you're looking to, like, slow down the pass. Cover two is not a run-stopping defense. Tampa two is even worse because Tampa two takes – so cover two keeps both of your linebackers out. Tampa two keep or keeps both your safeties out. Tampa two keeps both the safeties out of the run game. And also your middle linebacker has to cheat back to like cover the middle of the field. If you can't run against Tampa two, then you are really, really doing something wrong. And against Dallas, yeah. by the way. I Dallas is a terrible run defense. Yeah, so I think. I, I don't have an answer for why they're so bad or why they can't run the ball. And it's when you have the players that they have, you should not, you also should be able to pass the ball against cover two. Like they have the talent uh, to be able to effectively attack just about any defense out there. So there is no excuse for them right now. I think uh, Zach Taylor, people were not high on him until his Super Bowl run, and I see why. So I'm not sure what he is, what answers he's brought to this situation. And it's not like completely like Kyler Murray, but it feels a lot like Joe Burrow is putting deodorant or had been putting deodorant on some stuff that wasn't very good. And now Joe Burrow's not all that good either. And this team feels like they're in trouble. The schedule is, does get easier. They have the Jets. Easier than Cooper Rush? I mean, defensively. Oh. Uh. You got the Jets, or the Dolphins. Who knows if the Ravens are any good? Yeah. I do think there's just too much talent 
for them to not. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. There's a lot of talent in this league, and you can be spoiled. That talent can be spoiled. I, I think the fact that we don't know about the Ravens, I think we do know that the Browns and the Steelers aren't going to yeah. be all that competitive. That gives them time. That bodes well for them to figure these things out. Uh, Zach Taylor should be able to figure out some way to have this offense be effective with all the talent that they have. So I'm going to lean in your direction. They'll be fine. And fingers crossed. Prayers up, Bengals fans. Um, prayers up. All right. Who day? Dominique Foxworth, as always, thank you for joining our show. You can check out Dominique's show, the Dominique Foxworth podcast. You can also check him out on Debatable. You can check me out on Debatable this week if I show up on time. Um, and <laughs> stay tuned. Thank you for the reviews, by the way. I've been reading them. I appreciate the feedback. Uh, we'll be back later this week with Justice Mosqueda previewing a pretty exciting week three. 